Although the characters we discuss are fictional, the challenges people face every day are not. The information we provide in this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you are struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Jedi Council Podcast, where we explore mental health in your favorite fictional characters. Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast. This is Brandon Saxton. And Katie Gordon. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm doing well, how are you? I'm doing really good and I'm excited for our, well, I'm excited to talk about our topic of the day, which is the, for whatever reason, hit film uh, from Netflix, Bird Box. And I say whatever reason, um, just because I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> There's my spoiler. Yeah, the, my spoiler. I, I did not like it either. I think yeah. I, I watched it. For our listeners, because I, I do think it's important to talk about, and I'm interested to hear if our listeners liked it, because I know for a while it did seem, like on social media, a lot of people were talking about yeah. it, and it seemed really popular, and it has a great cast. That, so, okay, starting there, mm-hmm. it has a really good cast, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of really talented folks, um, but just couldn't couldn't quite bring it home for me for the movie. It was just not... I, I, I think, so... I've tried to self-reflect on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I guess forget the, the usual pre-episode banter. We're diving right into it. <laughs> we're going right in, but we will say spoiler yes. alert. And also we're going to talk spoilers and content warning. Yeah. I think if you know about this movie, you know that there, um, I think even in the description on Netflix, mm-hmm. they talk about the premise is about suicide. Mm-hmm. So you actually see a number of people die by suicide in it. Yeah. So there will be some graphic discussion too. Yeah, for sure. So I, I thought about the movie. I watched it in two sittings. I didn't just watch it just in one um, because it actually is pretty intense. To your point where you were just saying, there are a lot of really violent um, kind of interactions between individuals and a lot of graphic depictions of suicide. So it's really not fun to watch for me. Um, sometimes I, I don't personally experience this very often. I certainly did with, um, Quiet Place where it was kind of a scary movie and I kind of got sucked into the environment a little bit and I was kind of nervous and it was kind of fun. I didn't feel that way for this movie. It's not scary. It's just horrible. I think. No, that's a great contrast because Quiet Place, I, I liked that overall. And you know, even though it had some of the same elements, which is kids in danger, which I really don't like and have a hard time mm-hmm. with and we don't we've talked about we don't like tend to like horror films in general with mm. the exception of get out which was a very good film yeah um but they can be really fun mm-hmm. but f- for this between kids being in danger and also there being suicide as a main theme and also mm. some really harmful depictions of mental health stuff mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't. It was hard to watch. Actually, I watched the first hour and a half, and then I had to go do something and came back and watched the next thirty minutes. And I was already. Uh, it was hard to return to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of glad that it had a kind of happy ending. Yeah, but for that's one iffy. minute. Yeah, <laughs> one minute like, of feel good. Give me a little good. bit more than this. Yeah, and also, as you just pointed out, 
you watched about 90 minutes and then another 30, it's another two-hour-plus movie. Mm -hmm. What is going on with the movie lengths? I know. Please visit previous episodes for a discussion on movie lengths, but I just don't have time for so many two-hour-long movies. It's like two hours and 50 minutes. So It did remind me of like watching 13 Reasons Why, where it was like I'm watching it and like I'm going to push through because I can tell it's important to discuss, but like it's also tense. And unpleasant. And super graphic. There was many times where I very audibly was just like, oh! Yeah. Because just something horrible happened. So maybe I should start with a really quick Wikipedia um, augmented summary of the movie. That sounds perfect. Um, Even, I don't even know if I need Wikipedia for this one. I might just do it straight by memory. Basically, the premise of the film is that there are these, how would you describe them, Katie? Not invisible necessarily. I mean, I guess they are invisible. They're not incorporeal. They kind of have some presence. They can move leaves. You see a lot of moving of yeah. leaves. Yeah, there's um, some kind of creatures, creatures but it's yeah. not like quite place where you can kind of see. Even that, like to contrast that, which we've discussed in more detail in another episode. While you're talking about that, it's like you see the creatures, and they're kind of like not that they're goofy, but they're clearly like fictional, oh, scary yeah. creatures, or like Stranger Things, which I absolutely loved. Right. You know, they kind of look like. Not realistic, basically, mm-hmm. you know, or, yeah. or kind of scary in that same way. And then this one, you never actually see them because I don't think they can actually be seen, maybe. But that's mm-hmm. not actually totally clear because people do actually see them, which therein is the premise of the movie. Oh, yeah, because the guy has all those pictures, which maybe right, are of yeah. them. No, that's an interesting point. That but I, I don't know if that's of. true. Gary, the <laughs> yes, worst Gary. character oh, in the whole man. movie, Ugh. arguably. So anyway, when you see these creatures, basically what happens is you are immediately willed to die by suicide by whatever means is most accessible to you. Um, and so this kind of happens and it's happening across the world and then it presumably happens very quickly. So the story follows this individual named Mallory, um, played by Sandra Bullock, very exceptional acting, so well done. Um, and kind of her story as she gets caught up in this house of kind of survivors and they're slowly kind of taken out one by one by, by these monsters and by a series of mishaps and at one point an intruder. And so the story ends up and it kind of takes place where it's jumping back and forth in time with her and two little children later on in time trying to get to this safe haven. And um, a series of mishaps kind of happen along this journey, which takes several, several hours. But eventually they do kind of make it, is my really Cliff Notes version of the plot. That's a, that's a great description. Yeah, it's based on a novel. The novel came out in 2014. And so my sense was is that the movie is super popular, is my sense. And that sense is based on internet buzz and internet memes. But the ratings aren't great. Mm. Um, the last time I looked, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is okay, and 52 out of 100 on Metacritic. So not super well rated, um, despite having quite a lot of conversation and buzz, I guess, on the internet about it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I saw, like, for example, on Twitter, I saw the hashtag and people talking about, but I didn't really... I didn't really read them, I guess, because I planned on on watching it, so I didn't really see what it was. So I am interested to kind of hear or if people have written anything about this, too. But in the meantime, happy to talk about uh, the the mental health themes that we saw. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess we've kind of already discussed our our general kind of reaction to it. Overall, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting maybe more sensitive as I get older to really like graphic and gory violence in movies. 
I've never enjoyed that type of movie, but I really think it hits me a little bit more these days where I was just like, there's a lot to watch in this movie. And there's something about the suicide about it too, because I'm mm-hmm. thinking as compared to watching like The Punisher or Jessica Jones, right. and there are these pretty violent things, but this, I, I mean, obviously this is something, uh, a topic that's near and dear to my heart, both research and clinical wise is suicide prevention so mm-hmm. maybe it's something that's so painful about seeing that that makes it especially difficult to watch but i think we've also talked about before the concept of you can kind of withstand graphic things if it feels like it adds to the story and it contributes to it and there's like meaning in it mm-hmm. but if it feels like which is fair in a horror movie it's mm-hmm. just to be scary uh that's just not my particular preference right and i i don't know if this is true but i just got the feeling i guess and Mm -hmm. and i'm not someone who usually bases a lot just on my personal feelings but i got the feeling that it almost felt like they were trying to push the envelope a little bit with this like some of the depictions were particularly graphic i'm thinking of specifically um one mallory sister whose name escapes me steps in front of the bus um the self-immolation in the Mm -hmm. car this is really graphic stuff that wasn't what you see sometimes in horror movies, kind of a quick cut um, where you don't actually see what's happening, but very vivid and and very unpleasant, I, I thought, just yeah. visually. The um, woman stabs herself with the scissors. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, you know. It's a lot. It is. My emotional reaction was strong. And, yeah. and overall, um, I guess just to maybe sum up my kind of point on it, I I didn't enjoy watching it that much, and but if you did enjoy it, that's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy the movie, but it just wasn't necessarily for me, and, and I thought that it really had a lot of over-the-top almost kind of violence that really didn't seem to, I don't know, it didn't need to be part of the story. It could have been maybe a more mysterious kind of entity. I don't know. Though. Yeah, and why why suicide? To me, I wonder if that's you know, because suicide is inherently scary because it's not it's not well understood by a lot of people. But to me, I don't know, I it, certainly suicide should be viewed in one hand as something that is is very scary and mm-hmm. can harm a lot of people and it, it's very hurtful. But on the other hand, the idea of talking about it or being a thing that's, you know, much scarier than other types mm-hmm. of causes of death, I just... I guess I worry about that because I think that there are misunderstandings about suicide in the first mm-hmm. place. And so using it as a device, it feels a little exploitative mm-hmm. to me. But I, but to be honest with you, I think it's the same thing. I just had a gut feeling of not liking it. And yeah. I am probably just making up pinning stuff on it later <laughs> as to why that right. is, you know? So I guess that leads me to kind of the next question or point that I have where this is another Netflix production that's based on a novel that really in a lot of ways focuses on suicide as the kind of primary mechanism of the movie. Um, and so I guess in both cases, they're, they're recreating novels, of course. And the other one I'm talking about is 13 Reasons Why, which you mentioned we've covered in depth and I don't want to return to it <laughs> ever. Um, is And that kind of brings up this question that I know you and I have spoken about and people have asked us about is, what is the responsibility, um, in your opinion, of of authors or filmmakers or content creators of any time in depicting things like suicide or using suicide as a mechanism in a story, do they have a responsibility to do that in a way that doesn't perpetuate 
um, maybe negative ideas or misinformation? Or do they have a little bit more free license because it's a creative effort meant to entertain and not educate? Yeah. Where do you fall on this? It's a, it's not an easy question. It's not. I, I don't think that, that artists are required in any way to, say, consult with suicide experts and think about that stuff. But I sure do appreciate when they do because I think there can be really good stories told. Now, I don't, I don't think that the point of this movie, I don't know, maybe in the book it's more like this, is to send a message about suicide. It just seems like that's kind of the big, mm-hmm. bad, scary thing. You know, it starts off as these mass suicides and then you see people kind of kill themselves. And it seems like that happens to be the particular manifestation of the monsters, mm-hmm. right? So... You know, that's kind of, that's up to them, Mm -hmm. but I sure like, like I said, when there's, like, we talked about A Star is Born, Mm -hmm. that depiction I really appreciated, Uh, you know, and also we've talked about how, um, in X-Men, how Wolverine and his dealing with Mm -hmm. suicidal feelings, how that really, I think, also was well done. And so I, I feel personally like it's a more powerful and I like the art better for that. But I also think it is a, it's a real opportunity to have an impact because a big premise of why we even started this podcast is because a lot of people get their ideas about mental health mm-hmm. from media. And so it's not their responsibility, but it's nice. At least that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I think I tend to fall. I didn't finish what I... Oh, sorry. Before, no, No, I didn't finish please. my own sentence. I'm like, I think it's nice. I'm like, I think it's nice when people do put an effort in is what I meant sure. to say. Did I interrupt you? No, you oh, didn't okay, interrupt good. me. I just didn't finish my sentence because I was like, I think it's terrible and I think it's nice, but I didn't say what, I don't think. No, that's all right. Um, leave it open to interpretation. No, <laughs> I think you're exactly right that... Um, the I think that like something like A Star is Born really resonated with a lot of people and was a really kind of powerful film. Maybe that's not what the people who created um, Bird Box wanted was to connect or resonate right. with people they just wanted to entertain. I don't know. I it have seemed the... like kind of a thriller, right? Yeah, like That yeah, was yeah. the primary thing. Right. And that's like, ooh, the scary thing is that this is the way they died. Right. It almost reminded me in some ways, and maybe I'm really just overreacting to this movie, of the old like hostel movies that were so popular for a while that were the only point, or even Saw, mm-hmm. the only point of those movies, at least from my understanding, was to show really graphic kind of depictions of violence and that was the vibe i got from this movie a little bit too because i certainly never found myself being scared yeah I, so it didn't strike me as a I scary felt more movie. sick <laughs> i felt more it. sick and unsettled yeah. and kind of like Ugh. yeah not like where i'm remembering a quiet place not to continually compare yeah. but i think there's a natural comparison because mm-hmm. of sensory based kind of monsters or whatever but during a quiet place, I was very frightened and I was like, ooh, really jumpy and really into the kind of the atmosphere of the movie. But I didn't for this one. I was like, like you've pointed out, and I had the similar a similar experience where I was just like, ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. why exactly? Yeah, so. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it didn't have that sense. That being said, there were a couple of things that I really liked that I don't know if I'm reading into this, but it is interesting when it opens up. It seems like Sandra Bullock's character which i don't know a lot of their mallory of course they do the kids actually say her name she's painting and it seems like her the father of her child has left Mm -hmm. and it's at first when she was painting i actually thought it was the cast of buffy which it clearly wasn't but i think that's because one of them looked kind of like spike and there's that guy later on that looks like it but um so not buffy but um i was like (laughs) it's the new title movie movie. ever (laughs) it's no buffy um but but i i like 
that there's an emotional moment. Her, her sister is talking to her and she's like, you know, what brings these people together? And she says they're lonely, they're unable to connect, their inability to connect, and her worries that she's not going to be able to connect with her baby. Mm-hmm. Even though she's um, pretty far along, mm-hmm. it seems like she's getting close to having her baby. And her sister says, no, it's an instant love affair. And so that's not true in every case, mm-hmm. right? Some people, um, that, that timeline's not always true, and it can be hard for people who don't instantly feel that way. But I took it as a way of her sister being like, I have faith in you that, you know, you feel like you, you were unable to have these types of normal, normal feelings or typical feelings that people have, but you do have that love in you. And, I, and it does come around full circle to she loves the children, and she mm-hmm. names them at the end. Yeah. And so I liked that part. Because I think it does show this person who kind of sees themselves in this small apartment is not really picturing what it's even going to be like and is considering adoption. And then the end ends up with her child, another person's child, doing everything to care Mm -hmm. for them, love them, but trying to maybe keep some distance by Mm -hmm. naming them boy and girl, but then just naming them at the end. So yeah. that was one element of it that I liked, and I did think it was nice how they bookended the yeah. the beginning and the end like that. That's a good point, and maybe that's a nice thing is to comment on the positives of the movie, because there were a few. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't need to just be needlessly and endlessly negative. Oh, but... no, I, that was my overall impression. Yeah. <laughs> but I did think it was interesting, her kind of talking about, you know, my condition and stuff like that, yeah. instead of it saying that she was pregnant. Right. And it was interesting that her doctor happened to be at the place yeah, where they were. Yeah, that was really kind of cool. You know, similarly, I wonder how... I don't know, has anyone discussed about how, like, the twist ending is that the safe place is at a school for people with uh, who are blind or with mm-hmm. visual deficits? You know, I'm not too sure. I haven't read a lot of the okay. kind of conversation about it either. Like you, I really went into the movie actually not knowing too much about mm-hmm. it other than the general premise. Um, maybe just semi-relatedly to that point, though, one thing that... I was looking a little bit at differences between the film and the book, and apparently one... I don't know if it was major, but it was at least noted part of the book is at the end when they get to that school and it's under the same circumstances, most of the people who um, had kind of typical vision actually would permanently damage or remove their vision to protect themselves from the monsters when they got to the school. Um, Apparently in the book version, Mallory decides not to do this for herself and the children. It's very much a choice. But that was kind of, a, I guess, another part of the plot that I saw they didn't bring into the movie, which just as kind of thinking, it got me thinking a little bit about the end in that school piece. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I think that's another part of what's unsettling to me. Again, there are movies, not all movies have to be nice, but it's like at the end of Quiet Place, as we've mm-hmm. been talking, there's a little bit like they're going to, they can kind of, seems like they found a way to get yes. out of the situation. Here, like, the way they're confined and they're with other people and it's much better than they were, but they still have to live their life in fear. Mm-hmm. And it's great that the birds help, but it's still... That sucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually found myself thinking the same thing. A major mm-hmm. part of a problem in the house at the beginning of the movie was that they were running out of resources and had a hard time leaving to get resources. And I thought this is very much going to be a problem here too with a greater number of people. So it didn't, it was a very happy seeming ending, but I didn't actually understand reading into it a little bit more and maybe being overanalyzing it a little bit that it was actually that positive of a place um, ultimately, even though everyone looked very happy and the birds were kind of chirping and it was very, very nice. Yeah. Kind of weird. It was, it's like happy, not compared to like what you would hope for everyone. I mean, it's better 
It's but, better. But not Marginally. Great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe there was an area like where they had a little garden going. I don't know. It had been several years since kind of the events had started. So maybe there were maybe I'll just pretend that there was a nice huge garden right around the corner and, and <laughs> maybe some chickens who were laying eggs. I have no idea. Something. I, I think that's good to fill it in so that it feels a little more like a comfort to yeah. me when I uh, wake up screaming tonight. <laughs> with your eyes closed. Yes, exactly. So another, if you don't mind me jumping. Please do. Another part of the movie is a lot of use of what I might call or include under the umbrella of mental health words. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that specifically is very early on in the movie, they describe how a lot of people are having psychotic breaks. And I think they use that very inappropriately Mm -hmm. and inaccurately. Mm -hmm. They talk about mass suicides happening. Um, And the word crazy, maybe the worst offender of all in this Mm -hmm. movie is used very regularly um, kind of throughout the movie to describe a number of people in the beginning when the kind of the events start happening, um, as well as individuals who are encountered throughout the film, even at like the supermarket. Um, Charlie, I think, was that character's name. Who Fish I... Fingers? Oh, yes. Uh, Charlie, the person who saved oh, them, sorry. I think. No, That's right. Fish Fingers being the one who he describes as his co-worker, who's a little crazy. Okay. And there's this is kind of a theme. Um, and this is, of course, another thing that, that we've talked about on the podcast a lot. And on, another thing where there are a lot of people who have different kind of opinions. Do words have impact? Do they matter? Do they change opinion? Um, do they contribute to misinformation or... Um, things like that. So it's another one that's, it's not an easy question to answer. Um, but it's just something I certainly notice, and I'm very much attuned to when I, especially like, it was right in the beginning. They're like, yeah, these people are all having psychotic breaks. And I was just like, I, that's not, uh, I mean, I, you don't really know what's happening yet, but at the time I was like, this isn't really an accurate kind of description of psychosis or what, Mm -hmm. what that really means or looks like. And there's just, it felt like problematic language a little bit to me. Yeah, I, and because psychotic is one of those words that's used a lot, mm-hmm. and I think that because people who have psychotic symptoms are very stigmatized, people misunderstand them as uh, they think they're more violent mm-hmm. and, and think all these things about them. I think that, I like you said, I'm kind of sensitive to that word being thrown around, not because you shouldn't be able to use what words you want, but just because of how much stigma there is mm-hmm. associated with psychosis. Should we define uh, like a basic of psychosis? Yeah, I mean, really... The ju- real, the real yeah. definition? Yeah, so really it it's just consists of experiences related to hallucinations or delusions. So hallucinations maybe folks are, are familiar with can involve um, any kind of auditory or visual or tactile or olfactory kind of sensations that are experienced but not um, being caused by any physical kind of stimuli in the environment and, and delusions maybe more related to um, ideas or thoughts of, of grandeur or things that just aren't accurate or rooted in kind of reality. It's yeah. kind of a, a really quick way to maybe... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, difficulty telling what's real from yeah. what's not real. And, and like you said, those are some of the major ways. And so it does... So what's happening, technically, it's... there's. I don't know if it's supernatural, what you would call it. I mean, they look kind of like they're in a trance state. Yeah. You know, their eyes are taken over. They suddenly look really sad. I mean, that's part of it, too. I think that was hard for me to watch is mm-hmm. because... It's like they're killing themselves, and they also suddenly look like in a deep state of despair right yeah. before they do that. And there's just something so painful to me. I do think yeah. some of that is because of the specific area. But you're right. It's not 
what are they doing? They're pairing psychotic with someone who's suddenly in kind of a trance state and hurting themselves and right. others. So that's a concern. It me. is, yeah. It, I, I think exactly for the reason that you've already outlined is that's a word that's used aggressively, I think, yeah. in, in a very inaccurate and harmful context. So I, just for whatever reason, my, my kind of mental health word radar or alarm or whatever was going off early on in the movie when they used that term, at least, and then again throughout a few times. I'm glad you brought that up because I think, you know, for those of us who have done clinical work or therapy with people who have schizophrenia or certain types of bipolar mm -hmm. disorder, you can, it's hard to sometimes for people even accept their own diagnoses mm -hmm. because it's so, it can be painful dealing with the psychotic symptoms in the first mm -hmm. place. But then on top of that, and there is evidence of this, we talked about this in an early episode of Mental mm -hmm. Health Myths, that people believe a lot of information from TVs and movies about psychosis, including from the news, highlighting things like that. It's in that Lilienfeld book that, mm -hmm. about, um, about myths about psychology. And so it is an area where I, I think that's who I think about when mm -hmm. I hear that term, you know, the people that I've worked with and how they're already struggling then on top of that being stigmatized. Yeah. So that was that was another area of concern for me, at least. And I'm and I know there's a lot of different ideas about words and should we use them or shouldn't we and what's the impact. But that was at least my thought. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I think um, you mentioned Charlie, who, of course, was Rod and Get Out, and I was really mm -hmm. hoping he was going to save the day in this yeah, one. I was, too. <laughs> I was so, and in I a mean, way, he did. That's true. He yeah. was as heroic and yes. self-sacrificing, mm -hmm. which is interesting because some might say that's a certain type of suicide, although it's not, right. the, it's not the same type of thing. I mean, yeah. he's doing this in a... In a way where he perceives he can save other people by That's sacrificing a really good himself. Point. And he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't want to die. He wants to live. Right. But the circumstances by that, he does end up putting himself in a situation that will result in his death. Yeah. Which does, which is so sad. It was sad. He was definitely um, maybe my favorite character of all, actually. I, mm -hmm. I mean, just such a good-hearted kind of character. And that scene actually caught me kind of off guard, too. I didn't I, I didn't find that part very predictable. It really happened quickly, and I was just like, oh, my gosh. So. Yeah, that's the part that's also a little confusing to me, because it's like when people have are affected by this thing, they see the creatures or whatever, mm -hmm. it seems like some of them die by suicide, but some of them keep trying to, like, get others. Yeah, so this was, I think, in my opinion, the mm -hmm. most problematic part of the movie. Because the distinction, if I'm understanding okay. it right, was that people who were previously identified as quote-unquote insane uh. were the ones who weren't impacted to die by suicide, but were kind of impacted in this way where they wanted other people then to see it. Because there's a scene, and it's kind of quick, and I only know this a little bit because of reading about the book and stuff like that, where they identified how there was, uh, and this is terminology they use in the film, lunatics from this criminally insane hospital who escaped and that's kind of the the hint that you get that it's these people who were previously experiencing some type or some degree of mental health symptoms who then become the quote-unquote kind of like bad guys of the movie almost. oh that's terrible yeah so i'm sitting here like <laughs> like thinking a lot about like this word was misused and like i didn't really understand that yeah. other than gary so okay i'm glad you explained it because that's obviously I th much worse. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think that's the most problematic part of the movie is that they very much categorize mentally unhealthy 
individuals in a way that they very much become violent and are causing the deaths of of the quote unquote normal people or or whatever would be the right word to that they would use in the film to describe it so yeah well, it, thanks it, for pointing that out i wonder <laughs> i missed it i remember gary giving a speech that involved some of this stuff but yeah. i somehow didn't quite connect all the mm-hmm. dots so i'm glad our listeners can hear me start <laughs> to piece the movie together now you, now you kind of get another... <laughs> i was really mostly focused on like sandra bullock re- realizing that she can love <laughs> this is like my main you were on the right page <laughs> um and, and i'm honestly i'm not sure i would have gotten it had I not take, like I said, I was kind of reading about the book and and some of the plot. But it's important, so I'm glad you brought it. It up. is really oh, important man. because I think it's really problematic, and it's a theme throughout. Right away, starting even with um, Mallory and boy and girl in mm-hmm. the boat as they're kind of jumping around. This is the first time you see that there's a guy on the shore. Well, Fish Fingers was the first example mm-hmm. actually, I think, and then the guy on the shore who tries to get goad them to pull off their blindfolds and then attacks them, and then the individuals in the cars who come by, and then. Gary being maybe the most definitive example where he's kind of has all these drawings and then he pulls down all of the uh, the um, coverings on the window. So the another kind of plot difference between the book and the movie is Gary in the book. He talks about how he came from this place where this mentally ill, quote unquote, man, Frank, had done this thing where he basically what Gary did to the people there. And then it turns out all along he was Frank. He's kind of the one. So it's a little more explicit, I mm-hmm. think, in the book. Um, I, but need explicit. A, I need a real, yeah. <laughs> to really hit me over the head yeah. with the point for me to get it. So Especially when I'm having that much just like emotional response to the kids oh, sitting sure. there, uh, the babies and stuff like that. So, so yeah. yeah, so there's a very um, explicit, definitive kind of categorization of people who are struggling with mental health concerns turning violent and causing the deaths of others. And I thought, I just didn't... That's I, as bad as it gets. That's as bad as it gets. And I found myself, I thought about this a lot. And I thought, why? Yeah. What, what's the plot device? Yeah. What's the purpose? What's the function of that um, specific kind of depiction? Why not choose something arbitrary? Maybe some people are just randomly not affected. Yeah. Maybe some people are, are, are just, you know, just the kind of bad guys of the movie right. for, because that's just how they are because of their personality or you know the classic villains mm-hmm. but why why should why do it like this that's I, where it does seem like you're falling back on the same old theme of like the scariest thing is someone who has a mental mm-hmm. health problem and it's like that's just we don't need it it's we don't need any more of that it's boring and it's hurtful yeah worse it is than boring it is yeah. it is I, I just so yeah well so I don't recommend the movie. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> that was second clear. Thought. Since I need things spelled out, I thought I'd also spell it out. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And, and it's also so creepy because... So one thing that I do think is kind of interesting is... So John Malkovich mm. is an interesting character. Did you ever see that movie being John Malkovich? I never have. It's I, so I probably weird. To. I liked it at the time. <laughs> I, I think it's worth a revisit. Uh-huh. I actually... Uh, that. I like that filmmaker. But anyway, I think that it's it's weird, but it's it's interesting and fun. But um I like how the idea like he calls himself an asshole, right? Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the thing and they're talking about it and um Mallory even compares him to her dad being mm-hmm. a jerk and stuff like that. And but he's totally right in this case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so ultimately it is kind of like yeah, he's he's a jerk, but he's right on about things, you know? And it's like, well, he was right about this. And then he actually tried to get rid of him, which was helpful. Unfortunately, he ended up getting killed. Yeah. 
also graphically. Yes. It, he oh is, boy. He was a kind of a, an interesting character, right? Because yeah. he is kind of this asshole. He's mm-hmm. suing his neighbor because he's they're putting on this addition and he doesn't yeah. want to look at it. And he recognizes that. But he's also, I think, deep down kind of kind. Because yeah. even with, I think his neighbor's name was Douglas, um, kind of says, you know, you're a great guy. And, and it wasn't personal and kind of reconciles a little bit. And then we get to the story. He's like, no, let's just stay here. Let's forget yeah. the people. I was like, John Malkovich, you're the freaking worst. <laughs> yeah, and then they, we get to the house, and then there's a stranger on the door. He's like, no, you can't let them in. And But then you're right. It is kind of this up and down arc with him where he's kind of, I, I was kind of hot and cold with John. <laughs> yeah, and because I find him as an actor kind of charming that I, I do think too. that was probably mixed. I did, I actually wrote down the, the quote that I thought was funny because he when he was talking to Mallory, he said, my first wife said she'd call me a creep, but it would be an affront to creeps. <laughs> And then he said the second wife said she's no longer afraid of hell because it can't be worse than being with me. (laughs) And then, of course, he loses his third wife. So it's like... Yeah, that's right. It's... Yeah, but it's... Who he... He very clearly had, like, very strong feelings for. Yeah, he finally, like, he had it figured out. So that's where it's like, it just... It's a a lot of gut punches, you know, because Mm -hmm. the other thing that is kind of uh, another person who... Well, another person, someone who is a shining light in the movie is Tom. Oh, yeah. He has these stories Mm -hmm. talking, and I think, I feel like we've talked about this a little bit before with Walking Dead, where it's like when it's the end of the world or it's apocalypse, like how do people cope with Mm -hmm. it? And he kind of talks about that guy who walked his kids to school Mm -hmm. every day. And so he is kind of optimistic for how Mm -hmm. bad the situation is. And of course, he and Mallory end up falling in love Mm -hmm. and taking care of the kids. Then he has to die. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Thanks, Bird Box. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and can I tell you something different? Yeah. Tom is not a part of the novel. So the oh. Bird Box creators specifically added Tom. Just to hurt Just me. to hurt us. <laughs> Just to take him away. Come on. I'm like, couldn't, he, they, like, couldn't they at least give us that? That they, right. they make it together? Like, the, Tom and Mallory, this beautiful yes. relationship and, a, and the very much nice balance where Mallory is very mm-hmm. you know kind of rigid and names them boy and girl yeah. and it's all about survival and he's more like you know let's give them hope and let's mm-hmm. tell them about the world and so nope no Tom sorry Netflix subscribers <laughs> yeah. oh, come on give us Tom at least like give we already Tom. know he's heroic you don't need to prove it right it was ridiculous. It was. He did save the day, though. He did. Multiple times. He did. Um, great character, though. Also really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Great acting. Just overall, actually, really good acting All in of this acting movie. was good. And um, actually, just visually, I thought it was all... I mean, you were looking at gross stuff, but horrible. boy, was it Very well realistic. done. <laughs> in the worst way. It so, really took you into that space. <laughs> that really good mind space. So... There's this theme of films that we've talked about, mm-hmm. and just in the world of film, including things like Split, that depict mental health tied into supernatural kind of things. D- does In kind of your ranking, Katie, is this movie better, worse, or as bad as Split in its um, perpetuation of ideas about mental health that might be inaccurate and or harmful? It's got to be at least as bad. (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say it might be worse, but that's probably a little bit of a recency thing since I saw it more recently. And it's certainly worse to watch, I think. It is. Because a split, like, occasionally has a little comic relief. You don't get a ton of that. And I need that. (laughs) But I think also split is so 
it's so specific. And I think yeah. in some parts where they try to be accurate about dissociative identity disorder, it gives it even more credibility okay, to the sure. fact that you're getting some accurate information. I mean, mm-hmm. again, it does turn into a monster at the end, so maybe I'm overthinking Just a this. sprinkle of accurate information, <laughs> a pinch. <laughs> but it's, I mean, they might be equal. What about you? Yeah, I'm about the same. Okay. I don't know. I... It's, it's kind of this back and forth struggle, and I'm returning a little bit to a previous point about what's the responsibility of content creators in depicting mental health, and are you let off the hook if you're including a supernatural element, or, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I don't know. It's a hard question, but I would say it's, I think Split was really problematic, but I would say this is probably at least as bad as Split, um, and certainly more unpleasant to watch, for sure. And it's hard to, like, how are you going to put out a movie with so many depict graphic depictions of suicide when there it's just there's been you know not a decrease in suicides but some uptick in suicides and again they can do what they want and clearly Uh people are watching which is their main goal but i think as someone who cares a lot about suicide prevention has a hard time separating it from uh, a movie it's a little tough especially like we've talked about the idea that like a lot of more people are going to watch that than are going to watch something that's a little more informative or helpful yeah absolutely so anyway it's something i'll continue to puzzle about and certainly something that i think is worth further conversations i think that we can't expect people to know what they don't know but there we should maybe be careful about our depictions and i think that there should be some recognition that if someone comes afterwards and says you know what you made really could be harmful for this reason and and we have research to kind of support that. I think that's something that should at least be taken into consideration or taken seriously. And that's another thing too that's interesting because I think that there are probably a lot of people who would watch that and it wouldn't have any particularly negative effect. But if, if someone was feeling suicidal, I certainly wouldn't suggest they watch it. And it's like comes right up with the trailer on Netflix and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it does describe a little bit, but there wasn't much of a heads up about the content in the beginning that I remember. No. Which is a little bit surprising because they got um, a lot of pushback for 13 Reasons mm-hmm. Why, and then they ended up putting up mm-hmm. content. And the suicide depictions are as graphic, I think, but there are more of them. Yeah. As compared to 13 Reasons Why. Yes, absolutely. And and it's not kind of the whole season building up to it, too. I don't know. It felt a... I, this feels a little bit different to me than 13 Reasons Why. And I think because the 13 Reasons Why, the, the very central main kind of point was a suicide. Yeah, that's true. Whereas for this, a suicide is certainly a mechanism of the plot, but it's not the central focus, yeah. I guess. So I, I, if I have to rank movies by how much I don't like them for my own personal <laughs> reasons and values, thir- 13 Reasons Why is ranked worse than this. Yeah. Um, even though I think this is a lot more graphic and yeah. unpleasant. But it's watch. more clearly in the horror genre, and that's right? Probably why Rather it than it, me less, than yeah. like in the teenage drama yeah. genre or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I I agree with you there. And at least like a lot of the people in this movie were like trying to be good people. Yeah. Everyone in 13 Reasons Why as we find out was bad. Pretty much. This is a really not weird not plot. one nice one. Yeah. I'm, no. I'm returning to 13 Reasons Why. I can't. I have to so the f- <laughs> swear off. But that. here's the funny thing, though. If you look at all of our podcast episodes, which are over 100 at this point, what mm-hmm. is this, 118? 
Uh, it has to be something or like 119. that. Yeah. I always have to look it up when I upload so, it. I can never remember the it, exact it's number. It's up there. I think if you look at all of our movie and TV show reviews, I'd guess, I don't know, I haven't done the numbers, but I'm guessing it's like 95% oh, we yeah. love it. And there's like maybe a few that are in the middle. And then we really don't like a couple of them. Like 2% <laughs> Yeah, don't exactly. Like. And yeah. They're, it's usually because they're just really, really dangerous depictions of yeah. mental health and dangerous that I mean like they're inaccurate mm-hmm. and then people might leave that and it doesn't seem like it's countered by some redemptive factor I guess in fact I think if I'm remembering right which is just vastly unlikely but <laughs> um I think that it's possible that 13 reasons why was the first time that we kind of came forward with like a eh, not sure about mm-hmm. this one everyone um which then I think really led to our credibility because yeah. people saw that we could be unbiased that we don't just totally love everything yeah because i think although that most things <laughs> most almost everything we just love 13 reasons why i didn't love no split i didn't love no and bird box i don't love right and that's really probably it yeah i think everything else i've been like yeah this is either okay or pretty true. good no i think so and most of it it's like totally stoked for how much totally we like something. Stoked. <laughs> just pumping every star wars thing we've talked about Love, Love it. it. Love it. <laughs> Even every DC movie. Love it. <laughs> so, so that's Suicide good. Squad is okay. Yeah. I like oh, it. Oh, that's true. I like that wasn't, le- yeah. I like it less with rewatches. Yeah, that's but... true. Oh, that's true. But so we have the range. We don't have a restriction of no. range no. on our reviews, which is, which is helpful. Yeah, we're unbiased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's the last thing that I kind of want to chat okay. about, Katie. What... What's the deal with the bird box challenge? What is that? Okay, so this is the this is the only kind of official kind of pushback or announcement I've seen from Netflix. Because of the film, there was a trend. It was started by Twitch, okay. the gaming streaming website, where someone tried to play a video game um, with a blindfold, and it was called the bird box challenge, and they raised some charity money, and they gave away. It was very fun, mm-hmm. and it was nice. Like what happened sometimes is people took that and made it horrible. Because they started doing the bird box challenge, and this led to people driving blindfolded oh and getting into gosh, accidents. Come on. And then I think Netflix actually did like come forward and say, like, yeah, you can't be doing this stuff. Um, so that's the thing is people blindfolding themselves and trying to accomplish everyday tasks as far as and up to even like driving on public roads um, as a result of the film. <laughs> What I don't advise doing. I that. don't advise it. I don't understand it. I, you know, I have some training in human behavior, <laughs> and I don't even get stuff like this. How does it get started? I feel like there must be some interesting reading or research about viral trends yeah. because I don't get it. I can't imagine in any kind of multiverse iteration of myself where there's a version of me that's like, "Yep." blindfold and driving heck yeah i love it let's do it yeah like i could understand trying to do something like i don't know draw a picture <laughs> something funny but something that doesn't end up in yeah potential harm for people so it's another they didn't even have blindfolds on when they drove right i mean they had the windows covered which yeah, is not which better is kind of a cool scene yeah with the gps but like clearly that was because they had no other choice like it wasn't like yeah let's do this thing yeah so anyway that was my closing kind of thing that yeah I, I that was kind of just a part of the bird box buzz and um so bizarre how some of those trends take off and i don't understand the kind of psychology behind it uh, about viral trends and how that all comes about i'm sure there's 
some expert who really could explain it well, but it's not me because I'm just befuddled. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to try it out. You know, the only other thing that, that I thought the other theme, I mean, the actual bird theme, it does seem nice, right? Like they're kind of free and they're unaware and they're in the cages and then they warn them and stuff like that. Do you think that it's an analogy to Twitter? (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I don't think it is. Is Twitter the real bird box? (laughs) That harms you when you look at it. I think you just, <laughs> I think, I think you just think cracked the case. It. I think so. I mean, like I said, I'm not really... Sometimes I don't get the more subtle themes. Right. But on Twitter, there are birds that tweet, and there are also there birds are. that tweet on Bird Box. There are. There, you heard it here first, folks. Bird Box is an analogy for Twitter. Now, it... Even the name Bird Box was kind of unusual. Yeah, I was what, wondering about that. What is a Bird Box? I mean, ultimately, it was. I think Boy was carrying it, or Girl. Maybe they shared the responsibility of the little box with the birds. But I was just like, is it like a bread box? Like, people used to have bread boxes with <laughs> their bread? Or, I don't know, I didn't get that. It is, I mean, because it's... That's why I feel like I'm missing some more significance of the bird box. I right. mean, obviously, she finds, like, a nice thing of birds that are pretty happy, and they serve some yeah. function. Why didn't they call it bird cage? They were primarily in cages. Yeah, that's true. The box Hmm. is really just during the rapids. Yeah, they're really... Oh, okay, so maybe this will be maybe my closing thought. The worst part of the movie for me, and this is a movie that has a lot of bad (laughs) stuff visually, was when Mallory was trying to decide which child needed to take off their blindfold and look at the river. I think I almost puked. It was way too much. And they have this flashback with Olympia, and you can see Mallory's torn because this one of these are her her child, but she has this responsibility for this other child, and they're both so cute and tiny Mm -hmm. and volunteering. I hated it. I know. I'm almost like, I don't think those children should have to act in a scene that's so scary. No! I mean, I understand that some things were, like, added in and things like that, but no, that was really... Tough. It reminds me of like Sophie's choice when they're like, you can, do you want your son or your daughter to survive? Otherwise, both mm-hmm. won't. And I'm just like, and then ultimately she's like, I thought she was gonna look. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in the book. Oh, she looks. interesting. Yeah, but in this one, they just just do the thing. And then they fall out. And that that's mm-hmm. another thing that I was just like, oh Ooh. my gosh, like I I'm glad she going. got them, but. Yeah. How could she possibly find them? I mean, the bell is helpful, but come it, on. It was. Uh... One of the more unrealistic parts of the movie. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I've not spent a lot of time by rabbits, but they're incredibly loud. And a little tiny bike bell would be very hard to hear. And then another maybe minor complaint about that is after that sequence, there's a very tense sequence where they're separated Mm -hmm. and the, the monsters or creatures are trying to get the kids to take off their blindfolds and Mallory. But there's a lot of tripping that happened in that. And I was just like, man. Yeah. A lot of plot revolving around Mallory tripping and falling. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, getting really? a, sustaining another concussion. So much head injury yeah. for poor Mallory. You really hate to see that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. I mean, that is a pretty, I mean, pretty early on, this pregnant woman is in a flipped car. So. Yeah. And it, again, it's a horror film. And so, I, you know, my, some of it is my preference. I don't tend to like, I like comedy yes (laughs) so i'm sure that influences it and i don't and you know but anyway there we go that's what i think so my closing thoughts on bird box i think it's potentially harmful in its depiction in its language and in its categorization of people who it deems as lunatics or mentally Mm -hmm. ill or criminally insane criminally insane and i think there is far too much tripping (laughs) and not enough john malkovich yeah that's my review I there like it. I, and I, I don't concur. think you should watch it. 
<laughs> you no. being the colloquial listener. No, watch someone else. What would you? What is something you like on Netflix Frasier. right now? All, well, always. You can't go wrong with <laughs> Frasier. It always delivers. It's just it's the right show. <laughs> it's it's if I'm not watching Frasier, I'm watching The Office. And <laughs> yes, if I'm not watching The one. Office, I'm watching Bird Box just for this episode. <laughs> and those are my only three sort of <laughs> podcast choices. So. Okay. So yeah. Any other closing thoughts, Katie, about Bird Box? No, I'm just, like I said, I'm just very interested to hear if people had other opinions. If you like the movie, let us know why, because I could be missing something. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's kind of my running theme with things that I personally don't enjoy. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't enjoy it. If you liked Bird Box, I think that's great. If you did a Bird Box challenge that harmed other people, I think that's problematic. Um <laughs> But overall, if you liked the movie, why did you like about it? If you didn't like it, what didn't you like about it? Yeah, we'd love to hear from you and and see kind of what, what everyone else's thoughts were. But yeah, with that, we'll probably wrap up for the week. Um, thanks so much, as always, for listening in. Check out the other really great shows on the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. Check out our past episodes. There's over 100 of them. They're all really good, in my unbiased opinion. And there's some great stuff on the blog, so... Um, with that, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Jedi Council podcast, a member of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. You can find more information about our podcast or blog at www.jedi-council.com. If you would like to support the Jedi Council podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Jedi Council. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers. Additionally, this podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be used in place of advice from a mental health or medical professional. If you're struggling with mental health issues, please seek professional help.